Welcome to the Bravest Kind Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Schaefer, and I am a firefighter and EMT in the Seattle area. I'm excited you're on this journey with me, and I look forward to sharing stories of brave and vulnerable individuals, as it is my sincere belief that by doing so, it gives us the ability to unlock bravery within ourselves. This is episode 24, and this is a special episode because I want to take a moment to share a story myself as it relates to the pandemic. I've been writing a lot lately, and I've also had the opportunity to share my message through speaking engagements. This has provided me with time to reflect on the pandemic that has been ongoing for almost two years now. I've also told my story to a handful of journalists, and while it is my words, thoughts, and truths used for their reporting, they have been edited. Therefore, while I've spoken publicly on the effects the pandemic has had on first responders, I haven't shared the story on my own podcast, Unedited, and I want to take the opportunity to do so. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. People often use the word brave to describe firefighters and first responders in general, but I think if you were to talk to any first responder, almost to a person, nobody would consider themselves to be any more brave or any more courageous than anyone else. When we go on a call, we are simply doing our job, and we are trained for any number of scenarios. We know exactly what to do when we need to run into a burning building. We know what to do when we respond to a major vehicle accident on the side of the freeway. We know what to do if we need to rescue somebody from the water or somebody dangling off the side of a building. What we did not know what to do and what we weren't trained to do, especially in the early days, was respond to a pandemic. Simply put, there was no blueprint for us to follow. So I want to share a story, and I'm going to take you back to the very early days of the pandemic, specifically March 4th, 2020. I reported for duty that day. I was on shift March 4th and March 5th. We work 48-hour shifts in Kirkland. On February 29th of 2020, there was a report of a death at an assisted living facility in Kirkland due to somebody that was known to be COVID positive. In the ensuing days before I reported on shift here on March 4th, there were multiple deaths and multiple hospitalizations, and it was obvious that there was a raging outbreak at this assisted living facility, which was the Life Care Center of Kirkland. Now, at some point in the day on March 4th, we were told that the CDC was going to be arriving. We were told that an emergency hazmat team was being put into place and that we would no longer be responding to calls at the Life Care Center. In fact, we were told that residents were going to be removed from that facility and placed in other facilities. Well, I can tell you right now, and I can assure you that none of that happened because at two in the morning, so we're now into the early morning hours on March 5th, the tones went off and we were dispatched to somebody in cardiac arrest at the Life Care Center, and they were known to be COVID positive. Now, the thing about being a firefighter or a first responder when the tones go off, we don't have the opportunity to choose whether or not to go. This is the job that we signed up for. We all love to do it. When the tones go, it's time for us to get to work. But this was not like any other call. There was a lot of anxiety, a lot of trepidation at this time because Kirkland happened to be at the epicenter of the COVID outbreak here in the United States. There was all kinds of national media I remember there were vans and tents and reporters all piled up in the parking lot of the Life Care Center. 
When we arrived on scene, I remember going to the door and typically somebody would be there to let us in. That was not the case on this particular night. The reason being, there were only three staff members working at the facility at this time. The rest were either sick themselves or too scared to report to work. Finally, somebody did let us in. And what really stands out in my mind is just how eerie everything felt. It's hard for me to describe, but it was a a feeling, the energy inside that place. It was really dark. It was really quiet. We were led to the room where the patient was that we were there to see. And I recall there was a single light fixture dangling from the ceiling and the light bulb was a really dim yellow. And in my mind, I, I, I almost feel as though the light was flickering or swaying. That's probably not the case, but that's, my, that's what my recollection is. Almost felt as though we were on the set of some scary film. It was just really spooky and, as I said, very eerie. Well, there was one staff member doing CPR on this patient. And CPR calls are something that we go on fairly routinely, and it's something that we're very good at. Uh, King County has the highest save rate for high-performance CPR in the United States. It's something that as firefighters and EMTs, we know our role. We work in conjunction with the medics, and everybody does their part. And everybody knows their role. Everybody's very professional about it. And on this particular call, despite the fact that this patient was known to be COVID positive, we went to work and we worked on that patient the way we would anyone else in cardiac arrest. Unfortunately, this particular patient did not make it. But what's interesting about this job, when you're in these high stress, high risk situations, you sometimes don't think about the danger until after the fact, when you remove yourself from the situation. Because when you're in it, you're very much in the moment. You're present, you're focused on the task at hand. I would be lying if I told you that I was not fearful after the fact with this particular call, because you have to remember this was at the very beginning stages, and we did not know exactly how this virus was transmitted. We didn't know how easily it was transmitted. We didn't know if the PPE we were wearing was going to do its job and to protect us. We didn't know if we contracted the virus if it was something that we would bring home and pass along to our family members and loved ones. I want to say I am so proud of the men and women, not only at the Kirkland Fire Department and the medics from the Redmond Fire Department, but really all first responders, firefighters, police officers throughout the country that stepped up in those early days of the pandemic and that continue to step up till this very day. So let's fast forward almost 20 months later, to where we are today. And everybody has been affected now by this pandemic. Some of you listening may have even lost loved ones to this virus. Our children missed out on an entire year of in-person school. People have lost businesses. Our whole way of life has been uprooted. We've all been impacted in some way, shape, or form. So we need to figure out a way as a society to better support and empower each other. Millions of people around the planet have faced trauma and worse, don't feel comfortable or like they can talk about it. We have to share stories. People don't heal alone, they heal in caring communities. We can create opportunities to be vulnerable and share our struggles, especially those of us first responders that have seen so much compounding trauma. This is my mission with the Bravest Kind podcast and I'm glad you're on this journey with me. Thank you. 
That's a wrap on episode 24 of the Bravest Kind podcast. To learn more about what's going on in my world and check out stories of guests that have appeared on The Bravest Kind, you can visit my website at ryanshafer.com. That's R-Y-A-N-S-H-E-A-F-F-E-R.com. You can also find the show on Apple or Spotify podcasts. One final reminder to share, rate, and subscribe to The Bravest Kind with Ryan Schaefer. We'll be back at it next week with another fearless guest. Until then, continue to be brave in your own lives.